Hello everyone and welcome back to the Bundesliga show um, brought to you by Over the Bar and of course in partnership with Bundesliga Boxes. Um, yeah, we're, well, obviously we're back here Monday evening live again um, for the second week in a row um, because of obviously uh, planning uh, and schedule. So yeah, we're here to review match week six of the Bundesliga and go through all of that. Lots of interesting games and uh, some fond farewells as well, uh, which we'll obviously go on to talk about in due course. Um, so, Mark, uh, you obviously just us two this evening. Are uh, you well? Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, just got back from the gym. So, yeah, it's uh, been a pretty busy day. But, yeah, glad to be back and uh, doing live shows again. Top man. Good stuff. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we'll, um, we'll crack on in a minute with... Um, all the usual parts of the show. Um, obviously, before we do, uh, please remember to uh, obviously get involved with the channel, drop the video a like, uh, drop us a comment, let us, you know, let us know if you think we're doing well or badly, if you want to see more or less of other things. And of course, make sure that you click the subscribe button below to make sure that you don't miss out on anything. Um, but yeah, without um, talking too much uh, jibber-jabber, let's get into the show. So first and foremost, over to you, Mark, for uh, for your anagram this week. Yeah, so let's start off by recapping last week. Obviously, we did a live show last Monday as well. And yeah, nobody actually got it on the, um, on the live show. But uh, yeah, I think someone got the one the week before. But let, let's remind you guys. Uh, so yeah, it was indeed free rug truth last week. So yeah. And yeah, for those of you, uh, yeah, maybe we're playing along or maybe playing on the podcast as well, possibly, and didn't comment, then the correct answer was Greuter Furt. Yeah, it was indeed Bundesliga new boys, Greuter Furt, yeah, who obviously haven't had the best of starts to their time in the Bundesliga at all, have they, really? Let's be honest. Okay, so let, let's uh, move on to this week's week sixes Mark's Mystery Anagram. So let's have a look at that. So as you can see at the bottom of your screen, it's Radial Pad, R-A-D-I-A-L, second word, P-A-D, Radial Pad is your mystery anagram for week six. So remember, it has to be something related to the Bundesliga, the top tier of the Bundesliga. Remember, no fighter Bundesliga on our show. So yeah, get commenting, uh, comment in the live show as well, guys. Yeah, I see that some of you are already uh, commenting. Johnny B and Gary, hello. Good to see you guys again. Nice. Yeah, I enjoy it. We hope you enjoy it again. Uh, yeah. So yeah, let's let's proceed on with the results as well. So it was a kind of a mixed week, really, in terms of entertainment. There was some high-scoring games and some not-so-high-scoring games this week. So yeah, we started on Friday night with a Bavarian derby, which predictably ended up in a 3-1 away win for Bayern at Furt. Then we had, yeah, 6-0 win for Leipzig over, well, previously in-form Hertha Berlin. We had a one-all draw, fifth draw in six games for Frankfurt against uh, FC Cologne. Uh, yeah, Leverkusen march on with an impressive win against high-flying Mainz, 1-0. 
Union Berlin got their second win of the season with a 1-0 win over winless Bielefeld. Then probably the shock of the weekend, uh, Hoffenheim turned Wolfsburg over 3-1 at home. Then, yeah, another shock, really. Gladbach beating uh, Dortmund 1-0 on Rose's return, obviously, to Borussia Park. Then, yeah, two sides that are really struggling towards the bottom, and the game wasn't very good, really, was it, on Saturday? But Sunday, sorry, it was a nil-nil draw between Bochum and Stuttgart. Then ending the weekend with a brilliant high-flying and still unbeaten Freiburg winning 3-0 over struggling Augsburg. So, yeah, so let's uh, quickly move on to our featured four for the week. So, yeah, where better place to start in the highest scoring game of the weekend? Um, we, we talked a lot about Leipzig's woes, really, this season. They haven't been very good. They'd only collected four points from the five games before this. But, yeah, they massively bounced back to form here, didn't they? And what is actually quite a big rivalry between former East German Leipzig and, obviously, West Berlin-based uh, Hertha Berlin. A bit of a political rivalry between the two clubs there. But it ended in an absolute mauling in favour of uh, Leipzig, who were back to form in this game. For me, I think the key point, really, was the return of Yusuf Poulsen. Like, I love to see Yusuf Poulsen in that team. We've seen that Andre Silva obviously hasn't been very good, has he at all this season? But Poulsen, for me, get, for me, in all the strikers that Leipzig have tried over the last few years, he has been, he's always been the best one, you know, for me, mm. Poulsen. I do like to see him in the team. I feel as though the best Leipzig we do see when Poulsen starts. And lo and behold, it, it was a great performance from the, the uh, Danish man. Started off with a, a good through ball, a lovely little dummy from the through ball from Klosterman. Nice dummy from uh, that that man Poulsen, which yeah. kind of cleared out the defence along for on form Christopher Nkunku to just chip the keeper Shvalov beautifully to make it one nil for the home side. Then just a few minutes later, really on twenty three minutes, Nkunku broke the defence with a lovely move. Then he just kind of squared it across for, again, that man Poulsen to tap into the empty net, really, for 2-0. At that point, they're absolutely cruising. It looked like they had a third goal as well. When a really, really strange moment, wasn't it, really, when the keeper kind of flapped at it. Uh, Lucas Klosterman looked to try and add to his assist with a goal. But actually, it was, uh, it was given over the line by VAR. But then, obviously, it was pulled back for offside in the end from the free kick. So, yeah, a little bit disappointing for Klossum and the fullback. He thought he had himself a goal and an assist, but that was chalked off. And then just as we thought uh, Hertha were going to get in at 2-0, it wasn't to be, was it? Because in extra, well, in added time, Angelino uh, supplied that man, Mukiele, who hasn't had a very good season at all, really, as he up to now. But he did. He went a little bit towards redeeming himself for some of his howlers, really, this season by knocking in the third goal for 3-0. And then Rory didn't really get any better, did it, for uh, the away side in the second half? No, it didn't. Uh, I think, obviously, what, what you referred to there in, in the shape of the third goal uh, was obviously very important in terms of the game and killing it. Um Hertha probably would have been, you know, counting their lucky stars if they got into half time at 2 0. Um, might have given them some motivation to come out and maybe perform in the second half, but obviously that that wasn't the case. Um and after that again it was yeah, it was a procession in the second half. Um first of all the penalty, um, which um Forsberg was able to to knock in after the foul on Nkunku. So that again, so it's effectively an assist, but it doesn't technically count as one. Uh, from Kunku after he was fouled. Um, so that's obviously 4 0. 
Um, and then to, to top off um, Kunku's day, uh, probably the best goal of the day um, for him. Lovely free kick. Um, took Obviously took it off Angelino. So obviously must be hitting them well if he's taking them off uh, Angelino. So fair play. Lovely free kick over the wall and into the net. So that's 5-0. Um, and to round off the day, uh, it was Haidara actually who, who managed to get two goals in two games um, when he burst into the penalty area. And yeah, I think... Um, for Leipzig's a weird one, isn't it? Because obviously Silva was due to start the goal injured in the warm-up, I think. Yeah. Um, so, which obviously leads to opportunity to Paulson. Um, and like you say, the striker thing has always been, you know, since they've not really been able to replace Werner. Obviously, Paulson's been at the club for a long time, but whilst they came out of the divisions, has always been Mr. Reliable. Um, maybe not the most fashionable striker ever, but, you know, he, he's... And obviously, he has his uses in the air for a tall man. He's very physical, but he has actually got a very nice touch uh, and is a good ball player. He's got really good technique um, and he he led the line really well. The The gaps in the Hertha defence were cam- just absolutely terrible. I, I mean, I can't even think of the word that I'm thinking of. It was that bad. <laughs> um, yeah, they've just been torn apart. Uh, the centre-backs were... There's so much space between the centre-backs for, for Leipzig to play through. They had a high line as well, which seemed to play into Leipzig's hands. Um, and, yeah, it was a really good performance from Leipzig. Um, will that now give them the impetus to really kick on this season? We'll have to see. Um, Hertha, we said during the preview show uh, with Runa, we thought that, you know, they showed good glimpses in the last few weeks, but it's been against promoted teams at the end of the day and mm. their real test would be this weekend. Well, they have failed it massively, haven't they? 6 0 drop in. Um, uh, yeah, it's back to the drawing board for, for Dardai and Co. Because that, yeah, that was really poor. It could have been well more than six, as you said. Goal disallowed. Forsberg hit the bar as well in the first half and many other chances. So, yeah, complete performance from Leipzig. Um, obviously, they'll be disappointed with their start in general because even with that win, they're only in 10th place with seven points. Um, from six games, you know, that's only just over a point a game. Um, so they've still got a hell of a lot of work to now get back even into the mix for top four and above, uh, which they're capable of doing with the players they have. Um, but it's more uh, more encouragement for them. Herta, um, obviously, have collected a couple of wins against the, the two promoted teams. But other than that, that's four losses out of four, technically speaking, isn't it? Um, so they'll be really worried about that, you'd have to imagine. Um, I mean, if you just beat the promoted teams, uh, if you can't pick up points anywhere else and you're in trouble. So, yeah, I think uh, it was a, it was always going to be a game that was going to be tricky for the away side, but I didn't think it would be 6-0. Yeah, I think, I mean, we, we see a lot of kind of fluctuating results in the Bundesliga. That's always like a feature of the Bundesliga, like a lot of inconsistency. I mean, if you, even if you look at Leipzig, I mean, they won two games this season. They won 4-0 against Stuttgart and they won 6-0 against Hertha, obviously, this weekend. I mean, the other games, well, I would say with the exception of Cologne last week, where they did actually look good and probably should have won the game. Uh, but, I mean, they've not looked great in some of the other games and they've struggled going forward. But, I mean, it, they've got so many options, haven't they, the, the team? They've got so many options, really. I mean, Solazai, who's probably been the best player this season before this game, didn't even come off the bench in this game, you know. I mean, I presume they're saving him for the Champions League game in midweek. But, I mean, 
you know, I mean, obviously it worked out for them. They didn't need him in the end, but they've got so much quality in that side. You know, I mean, I actually think uh, Brian Brobby as well. I think they got him. He's an American international that they got from Ajax. He's looked quite good when he's come on in pretty much every game so far. He's another one that they look like they could have unearthed there at, at Leipzig. I mean, obviously Silva did come on actually in the end. Yeah, but I think he took a bit of a knock and they didn't want to start him. But yeah, for me, Poulsen, he... Silver struggle. Let's be honest. Silver has struggled yeah, yeah. in the, uh, the colours of Leipzig so far. He's not. Not only has he not been scoring, but he's not really looked good to me in the games. But I mean, maybe it is time to give like Poulsen, or maybe try and start them both alongside each other, maybe to try and kind of get Silver some confidence. I don't know, but they need to do something to kind of get Silver firing overall. But in this game, Poulsen did the business. That's for sure. As for Herter, I mean, the, the team lineup is just a shambles, isn't it, really, at times, from Pal Dardai. I mean, obviously, he did a good job to save them at the end of last season, but why he keeps starting David Selke every game, I really don't know, to be honest with you. I mean, he must have the record of the worst goals to game rate of any striker in Bundesliga history, that guy, really. Yeah. <laughs> and, and no surprise that once again, he drew another blank in this game and was withdrawn after 59 minutes. For, for me, Ishak Belfodil is a better player. You know, I mean, obviously they got him from uh, Hoffenheim. He is a better player for me. I don't know why they don't start him. Or I don't know why Marco Richter doesn't start more often. I think he looks good whenever he comes on as well, but... I mean, ask Pal Dardai that one, you know, but I mean, he, he's got to be coming under a bit of pressure again, really, because, you know, obviously they sold a few players in some of the likes of Luca Bacchio and obviously Gwen Doozy went back to Arsenal. But I mean, overall, it's just not good enough with this team, you know, for Hertha. And they've got to start doing better against the better teams because that's where the fans and the board really expect them to be, to be kind of punching for that top six, top eight kind of positions. But it's not going to happen based on what we've seen so far this season. Okay, so on to the next game, which was, yeah, this was, this was a really uh, high-quality game, I thought, really. Yeah, I mean, it started off with just, I mean, Wolfsburg were just, like, dominating, really, weren't they? I mean, they looked like they were going to win quite comfortably, especially when, after 25 minutes, Maximilian Philip, who started the season really well after signing on a permanent, he supplied, like, pretty simple pass towards uh, Riedel Baku on the wing, who just curled a beautiful strike into the top corner. I mean, that was one of the goals of the season so far in the Bundesliga for me. Even the Hoffenheim fans were clapping behind the goal. I mean, I know that Hoffenheim fans do get criticism for being plastics, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think it was fair to... Um, it was fair to clap that one. You know, it's not often that you see the home team clapping an away team's goal, but that one was well worth it. I mean, to be honest, for a while it looked as though, you know, probably um, Wolfsburg were going to win quite comfortably at that point. Obviously, Hoffenheim hadn't scored in two games before this. They hadn't really played well in those two games either. But then, I mean, it, just a, a corner that comes in from Chris Richards. Uh, and then it, it's just not dealt with at all, is it? Like, I mean, we talk about Wolfsburg's quality defence, which it is in the vast majority of times, but it just went AWOL on that corner. And obviously, Kramerich just found himself into acres of space. He just thumped ahead of past the goalkeeper, uh, Castiles, for one all. And then I think in the second half, Rory, the game was just a totally different game, really. I mean, yeah, it was. Yeah, um, when when Wolfsburg went one nil up, you're kind of thinking, right, this would just be a classic Wolfsburg performance. Be you know really well organised, try and keep the ball, um, choose your moments when to go forward. Um, and I think the goal kind of just almost obviously it gave Hoffenheim a, a lot more of a, a kick up the arse. They then obviously kind of got into gear and reacted fairly well. Um, and then obviously the big the big change is obviously the goal on half time. 
Um, very um, Wolfsburg-like defending from a set piece. Uh, yeah, letting the ball bounce to the area. You're inviting pressure or you're inviting someone to put it in. And Kramerich duly did for his first goal of the season, a much-needed one. Um, and then the second half, again, it kind of drifted a little bit uh, along. No one really taking the initiative. But Wolfsburg really dropped off and they didn't really do much. Gave Hoffenheim a lot of the ball. And as a result... Hoffenheim were able to dominate. Um, and so the the second goal uh, comes from a really, really nice pass from Grilsic, um, who is finally seemingly settling into this Hoffenheim side because he is a quality player. We saw yeah. at the Euros. Lovely ball over the top um, for Kaderabek to get onto. Cuts it back and, and on comes Baumgartner to get himself a nice goal inside the area. Um, and, you know, they, they were playing well at this point. Um, and then... Uh, about five minutes later, they managed to finish off the game after a, a really good effort from Raum. Um, the left-back, a good free kick, comes off the post and uh, Kadrobek adds to his already good day with an assist already. He kind of uh, manages to follow up the rebound and, and get the goal. At first, he looked miles offside, but obviously he wasn't in the end. 3-1, uh, and you know, it was, that was game over. Um, obviously, Wolfsburg first lost the season. Um, you know, it's been fairly plain sailing so far for Van Bommel. Um, but obviously, you kind of look at the table and you look at the top four, which obviously Wolfsburg are third now, uh, joined second with, with Leverkusen. And you look at all the goals Bayern Munich scored 23, Leverkusen scored uh, 16, Dortmund, one below them, scored 17, and Wolfsburg scored eight. Um, <laughs> And uh, like that's obviously with the, with the quality that they've got going forward, like Baku and Bavu gets forward really well from fullback. You've got quality in the midfield with Arnold, and obviously you've got a brilliant striker in the form of Veghorst. But uh, yeah, obviously at the moment, uh, you know, similarly to how they played against uh, under Glasner, they're you know they're methodical. They're not always amazing to watch, and they don't score tons and tons of goals. So that might be the the thing that kind of makes them come unstuck in a top five race or anything, uh, top four race rather. Um, or anything more. Um, so I thought that was quite interesting. Hoffenheim, like we've said before, have flattered to deceive in some games. Uh, really good against Dortmund when they lost 3 2. Um, and then in other games, they've looked a bit kind of weary and uh, don't seem to quite know what they're doing. Um, important that Cranberich got off the mark uh, for the season. I thought they were fantastic. Um, so really, really good win. And that's obviously just a sign of what they can produce. Um, Two wins, two losses, and two draws. So, you know, fairly even sort of start. Um, so can they build on that? We shall see. But, yeah, really good performance. Yeah, obviously interesting in the second year in a row that Hoffenheim have turned Wolfsburg over at home as well. So, yeah, clearly they quite like playing the Wolves, so to speak. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting for Hoffenheim because it, one thing a lot of people forget about Hoffenheim is that they have a massive squad of players as well. They really do have a massive squad, Hoffenheim, like one of the biggest in the Bundesliga. And, like, if you look at the number of quality players they have, I mean, just look at the, some of the guys that came off the bench. Most of them were starting at the start of the season as well. The likes of Brun Larsen, he was dropped in this game after a very good first three games. But, I mean, obviously, he didn't play. He was uh, replaced by Ademian. Yeah. Uh, obviously, also, uh, obviously, Akpugoma as well. He scored, I think, in the first or the second game. He was used to be full, but he was obviously dropped as well in this game. Uh, also, Poch, who I'm not really a fan of Posh, to be honest with you. I've said before, the centre-half, he's not really a player that particularly impresses me. I think Chris Richards obviously came into the side as a centre-half in this game. Usually, he's more of a full-back 
but he played really well in this game and he could be the future, you know, to br- to finally break up that posh Vought, um, um yeah. uh, partnership, which has never really done the business for me over the last 18 months or so, really, to be honest. Uh, so, yeah, maybe we did see a better defensive performance, didn't we, in this game from Hoffenheim. So maybe that's something they're going to look at in the future. For me, I think Wolfsburg's problems mostly come down to one factor. I think they're really, really missing the excellent midfielder Schlager. I mean, for me, he was probably, along with Vegas, he was their best player last season, wasn't he, really? And, um, I mean, yeah, obviously, Lacroix and Courtois and uh, Castiles aside. But, I mean, they're really missing him. He got injured, I think, in the third game against Hertha Berlin. And they've not looked as good since he got injured, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, he takes them forward. He's like that box-to-box midfielder. He kind of does everything, doesn't he? He's out of Schlager. And, like, for me, they've really missed him. He, he was like an assist king. I mean, obviously, he's been replaced by uh, Gulavagi, uh, who, for me, he was like a peripheral player last season, really, and he's probably not quite good enough to start at this level from what I've seen of him so far. And he definitely doesn't have the same impact as what uh, Schlager did. So they need to try and get him back. I'm not 100% sure how long he's out for, but they really need to get him back because he is their best midfielder. And, yeah, I think any team would miss the best midfielder. But, yeah. Great result for the inconsistent Hoffenheim, but Wolfsburg, obviously, two games without a win now, need to get back in the next game. So, yeah, um, let's move on to the next game, which was obviously, uh, it was more a very, very emotional uh, Sunday evening game in the Black Forest, wasn't it? In, when Freiburg finally bid farewell to the uh, Schwarzwald Stadium after, I think, uh, what, like since 1954, they played there, which is an incredibly long time, you know. Obviously, uh, I think 15,000 spectators were allowed into the ground, but I think they could probably have sold double that easily if it wasn't for COVID restrictions. But the ground still looked full, pretty much. The, the noise that was being made by both sets of fans, actually. This was a really good treat to watch on Sunday evening after a nice weekend. But, I mean, yeah, as for the game, as for Augsburg fans, it wasn't really much fun at all, was it? I mean, it was a a bit of a disaster in all honesty. I mean, you could see early on the game was very, very open and both teams were actually creating chances. Even Augsburg got in behind a couple of times. And I think I messaged you, Rory, and said it's going to be like 4-2 this or something like that. But, yeah, it only took six minutes, actually, for the deadlock to be broken. It was Lucas Kerbler. It was kind of like um, it, the ball kind of came out to him, didn't it, really, after uh, being fumbled around a bit. And then he kind of like slid in to set the Schwarzwald Stadium on fire, really, didn't it, after the, to make it 1-0 to the home side. Then I think, actually, Augsburg did have a couple of half chances as well to kind of spoil the party. I think Dorsch was looking quite good at that point. But, I mean, it just never quite works out, really, for them. Niederlechner, we mentioned he had a good game last week coming off the bench. He started again in this game, but... It just doesn't really look the grade at this level at times. And the same with Vargas. I mean, Vargas is like their live wire, really, isn't he? And he does, he brings the ball forward. He's kind of, he's a, a headache for defenders, but he never really seems to have the, the final product a lot of the time, you know. Then obviously, Rory, it, it, from then on, after those couple of chances, it just kind of went to pot, really, for Augsburg, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Um, I think, obviously, this, this was always going to be a difficult task for any team um, visiting. You know, Freiburg um, on a big day for them, saying goodbye to their, um, you know, really amazing stadium. Um, after we had um, John on the show, uh, Mackenzie, obviously, of um, Analytics FC and is a massive Freiburg fan. He was talking to us, obviously, about 
the atmosphere and the amazing views. And even after that um, show that we did, I was kind of trying to do kind of virtual stadium tours and look at all the different amazing views and stuff that you get from it. It is a, a, truly a one-of-a-kind one stadium, so it's a real shame that they are leaving it, um, even for better things, potentially, obviously, with the bigger stadium stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in terms of the opposition, it was probably perfect that a not very confident Augsburg and a shot-shy Augsburg team were in, were in town. Um, but, yeah, after the first goal uh, and those kind of couple of chances that, Augsburg weren't able to uh, make the most of. Um, the second goal came about 20 minutes later, uh, halfway through the, the first half. And it was a really nice bit of play from um, their new man, Eggelstein, um, who I thought was a really, really good signing, actually, from yeah. the, one of the few players that looked half decent last season. Uh, played it through um, for Holler to <clears throat> run through um, and chip over the keepers. So that was a really nice finish to make it 2-0. Um, and the momentum kept on coming after that. Um, so they were awarded a penalty after a handball in the area um, uh, on, on Framberger and uh, upstepped uh, Vincenzo Grifo, uh, who made it 3-0 just after the half-hour mark. And then, you know, the job's done, isn't it, really, at 3-0, 30 minutes in. Um, and um, I'm not sure if I heard this stat correctly, but I think they were chasing another goal to get them up to a thousand goals in that stadium. Um, yeah. I have to check my my numbers on that. So the second half they were still really going for it, Freiburg, and um, came close on a number of occasions. Uh, John came on and had a few chances. Um, Grifo they um, played a really nice one-two in the area running down the byline, got past the keeper and looked like he was even put into an empty net, but some good defending to clear it off the line there. Um, and then even um, the sub, Demirovic, uh, came on, uh, who's obviously at the moment not uh, not first choice. Uh, and even he had a chance late on, but it wasn't to be. But yeah, very, very good performance from Freiburg um, in their last uh, ever Bundesliga game in their stadium. Uh, obviously, the next time they are at home, they'll be hosting... In their in their new stadium, I think it's against RB Leipzig in the yeah. field. Mm -hmm. um, so that obviously be really exciting for them. Um, yeah, for for Augsburg, it's the same old, same old, isn't it? Um, we thought that they were looking a little bit more defensively stable, um, but just came up against a better team this weekend. I think it's only fair to say that. Um, had a few chances here and there, uh, like you mentioned, but. Obviously, Niederlechter seems to struggle when he starts. Um, he needs another player to take the pressure off him sometimes. Vargas is a live wire, like you said, but he can just... He's one of those when you play against him where you're like, if I just leave him be, he'll probably tire himself out and not really do much. <laughs> and like, you don't really know what's going to come from him. But if you're a defender, you just do exactly what you need to do. Kind of let him go about his own business. And generally speaking, you're okay um so there's a lot of improvement still needed by this team um after obviously encouragement last week and now they're only a point above the relegation zone so reality bites again for them um so they've got a lot of work to do for sure but great great afternoon for freiburg and a very emotional one as well 
Yeah, I think there's some of the scenes at the end of the game as well. For me, that was just like the Bundesliga all over, basically. You know, I mean, all of the Freiburg players just sat in like in front of the fans and like the ultras were there. And like, I think, as John said, they kind of nominate the man of the match and things like they all, they're literally talking to the players and the fans, you know, and like, obviously, like all of the fans stay behind, which is probably normal, really, for this kind of situation. Then the moment I loved the most was Christian Strike, like the legendary coach of uh, the club. Like a kind of a legend of Germany, really, German football, really, Christian Strike. And he literally jumped in with the ultras and took the tannoy and started like shouting some of the chants as well and things, you know. And the atmosphere just looked electric. It must have been amazing for those 15,000 fans who were in the ground, you know. Definitely a case of like, uh, you'll never forget that if you were there, that's for sure. And I think uh, it, in many ways, it just shows, especially for the smaller clubs, just the relationship that they have with the fans is just. Uh, a joy to behold, really, in the Bundesliga. And I think there's no other league in the world, as far as I know, that has that kind of level of uh, commitment between the fans and the players. You know, it's like um, literally the fan. The, a lot of the players are fans as well. You got to remember, or like mm-hmm. maybe not fans of that club, but some of them are, especially the younger players. That's quite typical. They come from the local area, in the local clubs, and things. Yeah. And, yeah, I thought it was brilliant. I think obviously for Augsburg, you've got to give them. It's tough for them because it was a hard. Very, very hard to go to a team that are going to try their absolute... I mean, obviously, Freiburg are a hard-working team every week. But, I mean, in this game, they were going to do their absolute utmost to make sure they won it. And they did it very comfortably. But, yeah, for Augsburg, they've got to get back on the uh, the wagon. But, yeah, now it's three wins and three draws in six games for Freiburg. What a start to the season. Obviously, they've got to look forward to the hosting RB Leipzig. I think after the international break, though. So, they've got a few weeks to wait for that one. But, yeah... You know, maybe the push can get them to another win there, possibly. Okay, so let's go to the uh, last game. And it's one of those kind of big team games, this one. It probably disappointed a little bit in terms of the spectacle on the pitch. But obviously, I mean, yeah, Gladbach got the shock 1-0 win over Dortmund, didn't they? I mean, obviously, some big team news as well to mention in there. Obviously, Haaland didn't play the game. We all know that, like... Ironically, ironically, though, the last time he did, uh, he didn't start. He didn't play. They actually won three two at Leipzig as well, so it didn't affect them that time. But this time, they look for me. They look absolutely shot shy going forward, and obviously, the game just wasn't good. Obviously, another also important to mention that they missed uh, Royce as well. So they started with actually Marlon and Mukuku up top. You know, I think he's only sixteen or seventeen. We saw a little bit of him last season, didn't we? But Yep. He always gave me the kind of idea that he's a little bit too young to start, really, at this level. But I think he's one for the future. But obviously, big pressure for him to start in this game, a game this big. But yeah, I mean, Rory, it just didn't really go to plan, did it, for Dortmund? I mean, it was just not a good performance from them. And fair play to, to Gladbach, really. Yeah, very much so. Um, hard task leading the line, no, no, what, uh, no matter what age you are, uh, let alone being... 16-year-old lad, uh, also doing it with a player that he won't have played a lot of football with in the shape of Marlon, um, who's obviously still adapting uh, to life in Germany himself. Um, so it was tough. Um, Mukoko managed to get, I think, a half-decent shot off early doors uh, in what was a fairly even start. Um, but, the, you know, the big... The big few moments of the game uh, were to come later on in the first half. So, obviously, the goal coming from uh, Zakaria, um, who had a nice little exchange with Ginter after winning the ball, um, I think, off uh, Guerrero. 
got a bit of a lucky deflection. I think he comes off Bellingham in the area to fall kindly for him, but then he he finishes his um, his effort really well. Uh, so obviously that's you know that's one nil, and that's um, you know puts Glad back ahead. Um, you'd probably still be expecting it to be a really tight game, um, eleven versus eleven, and until obviously the another key moment three minutes later, uh, the Hoods getting his second yellow card of the game. Um, and what looks like the second yellow card is a reaction to the referee for what he gives as a foul. Uh, both fouls are really soft, um, but he's let his team down by reacting to, you know, the referee's decision. And ultimately, that's what's cost him. Um, obviously, after that, always going to be really hard work. Um, I think... You know, chances were at a premium for both teams. Hoffman tested Cobell in the second half with a really narrow-angled shot. That was a really uh, interesting effort from him, uh, which was saved well from Cobell. Um, and then Dortmund, probably best chance of the entire game, was really late on when Sommer um, parried a shot and it fell to Sub-Hazard, who headed just over. Uh, quite a difficult one to control when it's coming at you with pace with the header because you're not quite sure how to, mm -hmm. you know, how much to put on it um, as it looped over. So, yeah, it wasn't, yeah, it was a disappointing game for a Gladbach Dortmund, unfortunately, but the nature of it made it quite big. Uh, the return of Marco Rosa, uh, he was quite audibly booed uh, yeah. and not welcomed back um, at Borussia Park where he'd done so much good work. Um Obviously, a bit of a pantomime villain sort of uh, atmosphere, and his side fell um, to the circumstances. Really, like you mentioned, no Royce, no Harland, red cards. Um, yeah, it all didn't fall his way um, this weekend. And again, it's disappointing for Dortmund. They, you know, they show real good glimpses. Um, but again, if you're if you're going to be a, a Bundesliga title winner. You have to be able to do it week in, week out when your bigger players either aren't available or, or aren't able to perform. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's worrying to think of a Dortmund side without Haaland permanently. Um, and, you know, that's another question for maybe the end of the season when that actually happens potentially. But for this season, yeah, um, very disappointing. Um, and they'll have to react, uh, which I'm sure they will. But yeah, Gladbach seemed to have this habit of turning up for big games, don't they? Um, and played very well. It was a really needed win, I thought. Uh, obviously, they weren't far off relegation um, in general. Uh, they've not really been scoring goals. So to be able to keep clean sheet was, was also very important, I thought. And that gives them a bit more confidence and sees them pushing up towards uh, mid-table, which is uh, obviously easily where they should be, if not higher. Um, so, yeah, good day at Borussia Park for Gladbach. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that, like, um, obviously Dortmund, um, like, sorry, Gladbach do have a good record in the bigger games, that's for sure, you know, especially at Borussia Park. You know, they, they have that famous record against uh, Bayern, where I think Bayern have only won one in the last five or six league games there. And obviously they held them. The season started so promisingly for them, didn't it? I mean, they had that great performance where they were probably unlucky not to win, really, that one. And then obviously, like, I don't know what happened, but then obviously they come back to form in this game. I didn't think they were, like, outstandingly good in this game. And I, but at the same time, I think if uh, if Hazard did get that level of in extra time, it would have been undeserved, really, because he didn't really offer much at all, Dortmund, did they? 
I think obviously, I think probably the biggest worry for them is that Marlon doesn't really seem to be uh, getting off to a great start for them. Obviously, the replacement for Sancho. To be honest, I've quietly been thinking he's not looking that great, even in some of the Dortmund's better performances. You know, he's a little bit wasteful at times, but he did this season really, wasn't it? And he didn't turn up, unfortunately. Maybe we've been a little bit harsh because obviously Bellingham did, uh, didn't did start the season great last year, did he? And then obviously after 10 or 15 games, he became a world beater pretty much. So maybe we'll see the same from Marlon this year. But yeah. It's worrying, really, because if you look at some of the guys that they're bringing off the bench really the other day, they, they don't have as much strength and depth, even as some of the weaker sides and some of the smaller teams, really, in the league. I mean, obviously, Marius Wolf, I thought, did okay for the 10 minutes that he was on. He put a few good crosses in, but maybe he should be getting a little bit more of a look in at times. I don't know. Obviously, Schultz is not really the, the kind of guy you want to be bringing off the bench. And the same with Rainier, who never really did much at all since his long move from Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah, it's tough times, really, isn't it? It's tough because, obviously, he did go for it at halftime as well. Obviously, he brought off uh, Pograncic, actually, the yeah. new centre-half signing, which was quite a strange one. They got him in on loan from Wolfsburg, really, didn't they? And he's actually gone straight into the first team. But they actually brought him off and put uh, Hazard on. So they went. They really went for it, even with 10 men. Obviously, Marco Rosa really realised that, you know, the best way to get back into this is just throw the proverbial kitchen sink at them. But yeah. it just didn't happen, did it? Obviously, Gladbach have got that solid midfield, really, especially with Zakari, who was probably the man of the match in this game, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. He had a really, really good game. And yeah, obviously, um, yeah, they managed to hold out for the win. But yeah, disappointing for Dortmund because they were really starting to look good before this game. And I was getting quite promising. I was starting to think, you know, they could maybe put a challenge together for Bayern's uh, title. But this is a step back. But at the same time, it was under mitigating circumstances. Obviously, probably arguably the two best players really missing in Royce and Haaland. So yeah. I mean, we'll, they'll have to go again. They've got Augsburg next at home, which is a good game to get back into the uh, get back into it. So, yeah, better luck next time, I guess, for them. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah, so let, let's quickly run through the other five games as well. So, starting with Friday night's Bavarian derby, obviously uh, Bayern getting. I mean, it looked like a pretty comfortable win on paper, but actually, I would almost say that Fertel actually be the happier of the two sides there in a funny way because. To be honest with you, it was a funny game, this, because for me, watching this one, it looked kind of more like a cup game. It was almost like Bayern playing like a third third league team or something, you know I mean? The fans were really up for it. They were, they were cheering for every corner <laughs> and things yeah, like that. Were, yeah. I mean, they were really... The third fans were great, by the way. They were brilliant mm, in this game. Brilliant, I mean, yeah. Even though Bayern obviously won very comfortably, I, I didn't think it was a vintage Bayern performance, Rory. Would you agree with that, or do you think I'm being a bit harsh there? Um, yeah, I wouldn't say it was vintage. Um, problem is, obviously, Bayern's bar is so high that it's always hard to achieve that week on week. Um, and the fact that Nagelsmann threw, you know, threw in a new formation, um, a 3-4-2-1, uh, using wing-backs, Davies and Pavard. Um, and it was quite an even start to the game until uh, Alfonso Davies broke forwards. His crosses. Deflected, unfortunately, in, in perfectly into the path of Muller, who who was able to stroke home for one nil. Um, and you know, Furt gave it everything. Like you say, I know, obviously, if for any Furt fans that are watching, I don't think Mark means that as a derogatory term 
playing as a third division side. So I, so I get exactly what you mean, to be fair. Um, the fans were dead up for it. Um, they were really going for it for, um, you know, being physical uh, and they were well in the game for a while. Um, uh, well, obviously until the second goal comes, um, ju- you know, just ultimate class from Kimmich. That's such a hard technique to score using just using the instep uh, and curling it straight in. It's so accurate that it hits the side netting of the inside of the goal. 2-0 like that, you know, his precision. He is such a good player. Um, so brilliant goal for 2-0. Um, I know some some people might think, oh, he's just passed it into the net, it's not that good, but for me, that's just pure technique. Um, then a lifeline actually. So Pavard obviously got a straight red card early in the second half for a really rash tackle on uh, Julian Green, former Bayern player. Um, and then the resulting free kick by Hargurta was was well saved. Um, definitely a red card for me. Bit of a wasn't last man, but he's more or less drawn goal, and he catches him high on the ankle. So yeah, right decision for me. Um, but then, then you know, Bayern survived. Uh, then third goal comes, an own goal by Griezbeck. He's under pressure from Lewandowski, so a tricky one there. Um, but yeah, like you said, the highlight of the game for me was was the last minute consolation goal. Um, obviously, nice cross in by Tillman and a good header by Itten. Uh, to make it 3-1. And they went absolutely acker um, in the crowds. Um, Itten, you know, was going... When you score a goal yeah. with a few minutes to go and you get 3-1, what you usually see is obviously players going into the net to grab the ball to run back and they don't celebrate because they want to get back into the game. He just gave you the big one and was like, arms <laughs> in the air in front, of the, uh, in front of the stand. So I absolutely loved that um, by him, celebrating... <clears throat> Um, you know, a special moment for the player and for the fans to be able to celebrate a goal against the champions of Germany. So, yeah, not vintage from Bayern. They did what they had to do. Um, first, obviously, have got a lot of work to do, um, but they'll never expect to take anything from Bayern anyway. So, yeah, on to another game where hopefully they can get themselves off that, that one point and really push on, hopefully, a bit more. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest, they're definitely improving for it. I mean, like, if you compare that performance on Friday to the performance against Stuttgart on the first day of the season, I mean, it's a different world, you know. I mean, obviously, they're still well beaten and they still make mistakes like that. The own goal was a little bit clumsy, really, let's be honest. You know, I mean, that that's the kind of error that you can't... I mean, if there's a good time to do it, it's probably against Bayern, really, that game, you know. But if you're doing that against your Balkans and your Bielefelds, then you've got problems, you know, because... This is the problem, I guess. You've got to kind of put your better performances in really against the smaller teams, not against your buy-ins, I guess. That's the problem. But yeah, I mean, fantastic. Actually, one interesting stat as well. Lewandowski actually failed to break Gerd Müller's record. Actually, he was going for the 16th Bundesliga game in a row that he'd scored yeah. in. And it actually, on the TV, it looked like he got it, didn't it? Because yeah. that, the own goal initially. But you saw that Lewandowski didn't celebrate at all. I mean, he never won for big celebrations, really, because he scores so often, I guess, you know. But, I mean, you could tell that, yeah, he's not claiming this one. It was clearly an own goal. But, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, not bad for Fur. They'll be Their fans enjoyed it. They'll never forget that game. You know, it was a fa- Friday night. The whole world was watching them. And, yeah, they can be quite proud of themselves, I think, to be honest. Yep. But, yeah. Good. So let's move on to the next one. I mean, yeah, obviously high flying Leverkusen. I mean, they are they're doing so well under the new coach Suane, aren't they? I mean, mm-hmm. they started off actually this game really, really poorly. I mean, I've got to be honest. I mean, 
I was thinking, what's wrong with them this week, you know? And Mainz will probably be a little bit gutted that they didn't manage to get a goal, really, in that first half, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think they had, they had a few chances. Burkhart had a few chances, didn't yeah. he? I think uh, Oni Siwo also had a few chances. And, you know, they, they didn't really... I think there were a couple of good saves from Hedatsky, who, I've got to be honest, is looking a lot better this season, by the way. He's had yeah, a really yeah. good start to the season. We criticised yeah. him a few times last year, didn't we? But he's been really good this season, actually. Yeah. He looks a much more confident keeper. But... Obviously, I mean, the second half, was it was one of those classic games of two halves for me, this one, really. I mean, but the, the only difference was, obviously, Leverkusen did manage to get the goal in the second half. And what a goal it was, really, you know. I mean, Jeremy Frimpong has been excellent as well. Obviously, he signed from Celtic, actually. I don't know if you know that. But, yeah, he came in from Celtic last January. Didn't really get in the team very much last season, mm-hmm. the second half of last season. But this year, he's looked really, really good. He supplied a brilliant pass for the unbelievable Florian Wirtz, who was just world-class again in this game for me. Would you agree, Rory, that Florian Wirtz has been one of the best players in the Bundesliga this season so far? Yeah, since he's come back from injury, he's been he's been obviously fantastic. Uh, broke a Bundesliga record, didn't he? The youngest player to get to 10 Bundesliga goals. Um, yeah. And actually took it off, um, took it off one of their uh, uh, rivals, um, I think it was, oh, was it Podolski that might have had it? Mm, um, mm. So, yeah, so that was uh, big for him. Uh, I didn't actually think he was his best game. Uh, I thought he was a bit wasteful uh, in, in general, as were Leverkusen for large for large proportions. Uh, obviously, Schick had a, a goal disallowed in the first half, um, but that was on the counter-attack. Um, but, yeah, the difference was uh, one, one bit of quality. Uh, great little one-two and then it went back to him uh, between Frimpong and Verts, and the, the finish was really good. Um, I think they did also have a, a second goal disallowed again uh, for a foul in the build-up, mm-hmm. and there was a good chance late on for in- Ingevartsen, and like you said, it was well saved by, by Haradecki and Net. So, you know, bit of quality from Verts, good performance by the keeper in Net, and it's just about enough to see them over the line. Momentum's now building, um, and you know they're looking like a real um, dangerous team. And the the main thing I want to say from this is that Leverkusen rarely win games when they play badly uh, or play averagely. So that's the key, isn't it, to to any sort of push top four or even you know pushing for a title. If you play averagely, you need to get away with a one 0 win. Or if you play badly, um, which I thought they did, um, and mine's probably be disappointed, like you said, that they didn't get anything from this because they've had a great start as well. But yeah, another important win for Leverkusen. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's not only a win, it's also against one of the form teams, really, in the Bundesliga before this game. It's no easy feat. And they're, they're the kind of side minds who can turn up and beat anyone, do you know what I mean, under Svensson. And I think it's a really good win, as you say. They weren't at the very best, but second half, I thought they were they were getting better, you know. But they probably never hit top gear in this game. But great win, really. And as you say, that is the kind of win you need to get to maintain at least a title push, but even for top four, really, which... Top four will be their goal this year, you know. But, I mean, they might quietly fancy going under the radar. And for me, at the moment, they've probably been the second-best side in the Bundesliga overall after Bayern, really, you know. Mm-hmm. They were unlucky to lose that game against Dortmund, weren't they, when they lost 4-3. But they probably should be unbeaten, really, in all honesty. But, I mean, they've been very good in for large parts this season, Leverkusen. 
Okay, so over to the the, the other team that won uh, this um, this weekend. That was Union Berlin for their second win, and I think it was Runer actually. He tipped this game bang on the head. He said it'd be a late goal for Union Berlin over <laughs> to get the win over Bielefeld, and that's exactly what it was, wasn't it? But it didn't tell all the story that really, because I mean, how many chances in that second half did Bielefeld miss? You know, mm. I mean, I think uh, Fabian Close again. He, he just doesn't quite cut it, does he, in the Bundesliga? He does some good things at times. Like he turned brilliantly past the defence. Yeah. I mean, but then he just kind of scuffs it straight to Andreas Luther. And you're thinking, you know, you just bury it, lad. You know, I mean, if you get the goal, then you're probably going to win the game because it probably wasn't a vintage performance from Union Berlin this one, really, was it? And then, obviously, another chance as well. I think it was Robin Hack. Had a, he forced a great save from Luther. He's been really good, obviously, the ex-Nuremberger, but he's just not he's not getting the rub of the green, you know. It's mm -hmm. like every time he has a shot, he either hits the post or the keeper makes a great save. I think he could be their talisman this year, though. He's the one that could kind of push them forward and uh, be that kind of key man this year. But then, obviously, Rory, it wasn't to be for them, was it? It looked like they were heading towards a fifth draw in six games, but obviously they ended up going home empty-handed, didn't they? Yeah, not to be for the draw specialists this season. Um, yeah, good good work from the two subs. Um, Union using their strength in depth now which they're starting to show a bit more in the Bundesliga which obviously they will be tested because of the fact that they're in Europe um so yeah good work from Geraldo Becker he uses his strength to get the ball back into the area um for Berens to to kind of fall and slide at the same time to kick the ball high into the net past Ortega with a couple of minutes to go um he also then hit the bar with a volley with uh, an injury time, so potentially even could have been two late goals. Um, but yeah, important win for Union. I think we called this that they would target this as a, an important game for them to win, uh, as it's been a up and down start for them. Uh, Bielefeld, of course, will be uh, frustrated that they've not got a point, but the fact that they're accumulating, um, you know, quite efficiently in uh, in the way that they've been playing, I've got you know, four draws. Uh, obviously, that elusive first win is yet to come and they are in the relegation zone, obviously, the playoff place right now. Um, but, yeah, obviously, the big one for them is goals. Three three goals in six games is, is a worry, but they've only conceded six. So if they can just up that quality in front of net and, like you say, with uh, with Hack or Close, I haven't seen anything of Yanni Serra. I thought he was a brilliant signing um, from... Uh, Holstein Kiel. So if they can get in the goals a bit more, then I think they've got every chance of staying up. So uh, on to the next one, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. But yeah, obviously Union now still looking very, very nice in the table, despite probably not hitting absolute top gear this season so far. Okay, so and there's still three teams in the Bundesliga without a win. We've already mentioned um, Furt and obviously uh, Bielefeld, but the third one, somewhat surprisingly, is Eintracht Frankfurt under Oliver Glasner. They made their fifth draw in six games, yeah. And, I mean, again, Cologne are another of those sides, really, that they just don't... They've been so good in terms of performance under the brilliant Stefan Baumgart, who's like very eccentric manager, isn't he? I mean, with his flat cap and his like scruffy tracksuit walking up and down the uh, touchline. He looks like a throwback, really, from like 1970s Britain kind of style manager, doesn't he? But what, what an impact he's had. I mean, for me, this was another really good performance from the away side. 
And again, they just didn't quite get the rub of the green, obviously, did they? I mean, I'll cut forward a little bit in this one, obviously. One all in the second half. Uh, I mean, obviously, it looks as though um, Cologne have gone back 2-1 ahead. Anthony Modest, was, it looked like he was fouled by goalkeeper Trap. The keeper actually, the, the referee played a really, really good advantage for Kainz to tap yeah. into an empty net. And you're thinking, you know, that's a really good piece of refereeing. But once again, it's just offside isn't it? on the Modeste. He's like probably about a foot offside. I mean, it's probably a little bit of bad luck, really, in some ways. And Rory, do, do you think, would you say that Cologne were the better side in this game or should Frankfurt take Norma a win, really? There? Um, oh, again, it was, very, it was a very even side. I thought it would be close and obviously it was in the end. Um, probably could have made an argument that Cohn maybe deserved to take all three points. Um, I thought it was good to see that Bore got himself his first goal. That'll be a load off his mind for sure, won't it? Um, after being the the big, re- well, the big so-called replacement, obviously, um, Lammers has come in as well to take a bit of pressure off him. But it's nice finish. Uh, no surprise to see Kostic on the other end of another assist. Uh, really starting to play well again. Uh, he'll be vital for whatever Frankfurt want to do, you know, this season, if they can push themselves back up the league. Um, obviously, it is amazing that they've not won. Um, it's just not falling for them. Like you said, Modeste narrowly offside for that potential goal. Um, there's been a few of those. Like Modeste has been brilliant since he's come back into the team. Yeah. But he's had a couple of offsides that have gone against him. He just, so just sharpen up on that a little bit, because obviously they find margins in football on there. And with VAR always watching, you can't get away with it, unfortunately. So uh, that's obviously stopped Colin from getting a, uh, a good win. But good point for them. Frankfurt still need that win. Absolutely. Yeah. And obviously next they go to Bayern as well. So it's not going to be be typical of them to go and get the win finally at Bayern, wouldn't it? Yeah, so to finish, obviously, a, a pretty low-quality game, in truth, really, between uh, Bochum and Stuttgart. I mean, these are two sides, especially Stuttgart, they just they look a shadow of the side that they were last season at times, especially going forward. I mean, we saw they were a side that just looked so good. I mean, obviously, they've still got injuries to turn to. You know, they've still got a lot of key players out injured. I mean, if you look at the team, there weren't many players, really, that you recognise from last season's great side, especially in the attacking uh Third, you know, obviously Al Gadawi started the game again. You know, question marks. Although I think he got a goal, maybe even two goals, didn't he? Actually, I think this season. So he's not got a terrible record, but he's, he's not. He's no Kaladzic or um, Gonzalez, is he? I mean, let's be honest. It's uh, yeah. Obviously, Koulibaly started the game. He's probably not had as good of a kind of impact so far this season. Probably even Wataro Endo, I mean, he's not been as good either. And I think they've missed him because he was outstanding last season. I think I think it was a mistake to release uh, Gonzalo Castro, in my opinion. I, I didn't understand why they did that at all, to be honest. But anyway, yeah, Rory, obviously, as a Stuttgart sympathiser slash fan, then yes. how, how are you feeling about your boys in this game? Do you think they played well or...? Um, yeah, to be honest, I quite like the way that they lined up uh, using the resources that they have available at the moment. I thought Al Gadoui and Marmouche could really create problems going forward as a front two. Uh, and then he's got the wing backs, uh, obviously Souza going forward and maybe producing some crosses for them both to get onto as they're both quite big lads. Um, so I thought that might be a good way into the game. Um, but I guess, yeah, I guess it just wasn't to be. There are a couple of half chances, Mavropanos from a corner and then obviously in the second half, the main point of the game is where Mavropanos brings down 
uh, a long free kick onto his chest um, after a header is uh, headed back to him. Uh, and he kind of smashes it into the back of the net, goes away to celebrate, only for it to come back to VAR, uh, to be done by handball. I was already celebrating because I, I looked and saw it was 1-0 and then I switched it off. I didn't think I didn't even think about VAR. Um, so that that's obviously disappointing. It's, it's a tricky one, but I think overall, I guess it's about the right call and it obviously ends goalless. Um, yeah, missing, you know, both teams, you know, missing their main men. Zola didn't play for Balkan, so that was tricky for them to create chances. Um, I think they had a few few efforts um, early on um, from Holtman and Poulter. Um, and again, Poulter um, had chances towards the end. So a point, you know, better for Balkan than it is Stuttgart, even though Stuttgart have, ro- have risen up to 13th in the league. Um still uh just still need to just kind of get through this period. Um there's not much that um Pellegrino Matarazzo can really do. He's doing what he can with the squads. They're not playing as good a football as they were last season, of course not, but yeah, slightly different circumstances. So nil nil, one of those. Um move on to the next one. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And even for Bolcom, I mean, point gained at the end of the day. I mean, it's only the fourth point of the season and only the second game out of six that they haven't lost. So, I mean, I guess it's not, it's not a bad point for them at the end of the day. Okay, so yeah, that, that concludes our, our nine-game uh, review. So, yeah, let, let's finish with the obviously the uh, hero and zero of the week. So, I'll start with the hero. I mean, it has to be that man, doesn't it? Nkunku from RB Leipzig. He, obviously, since that hat-trick that he got against Man City in the Champions League, he's just been brilliant. I thought he was outstanding last week against uh, Cologne. He was very unlucky not to get a goal or two in that game. And then, obviously, this game, he was just outstanding, wasn't he? Like, he got uh, two goals, obviously, an assist and a kind of... I always think that those penalty winning penalties should count as assists, to be honest mm. with you. I never really understand. I think, for me, the only reason why they don't count as assists is because they don't want ref- uh, players, uh, players trying to buy penalties and things like that, maybe. That's the reason. But I still think they should count, really. So, effectively, like, two assists as well. He was just brilliant in this game from the first minute, really, as were his team Leipzig, in fairness. Yeah, but yeah, good week for him and good week for his team. Yeah, and very quickly, I'll do the zero. Uh, probably Mo Dahoud for his uh, petulant response to his uh, the second yellow, effectively, that, that you know put Dortmund in a really sticky position. A um, couple of own goals here and there as well, weren't they? But I thought Dahoud's reaction was very disappointing. Um, so zero of the week for him. Um, so that obviously rounds things up uh, very nicely. So um, over to you, Mark. Do you want to just uh, remind everyone to like, comment and subscribe? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. First of all, remember, yeah, we've got the Twitter at Over the Bar FB and at Over the Bar Extra as well. Remember, the Twitter's back up and running now. So remember to check that out. Remember our website, otbfootball.net, which is like the centerpiece of all of our work at Over the Bar. You can check out the League One and League Two show, which goes on. I know a lot of you guys are lower league fans as well, so remember to check that. Yeah, I, I promised Dave that I'd make an appearance on there, my first appearance of the season, actually. So, yeah, hopefully that will come soon as well when time permits. 
And yeah, obviously, again, as we reminded you before, like, uh, comment and subscribe because that helps us. We, we have been happy with the kind of steady progress we've had on that front. Obviously, we'd like it to be more, but it could always be more, you know. But yeah, we're, we're making pretty nice progress this season on that. So yeah, keep telling your friends, your, your work colleagues, acquaintances, etc., to follow our uh, site. So yeah. So, so, yeah, we've got the next show coming for you on Thursday evening, which will be live, which is obviously our predictions and um, uh, fantasy football. So, yeah, we'll see you there, guys. See you then. Cheers, all. Thank you.